Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Backstage With, taking you behind the scenes with your favourite actors and creatives in the world of musical theatre. I'm Mikey Worrell. Today we're going backstage with Leighton Williams, who's currently starring as Jamie in Everybody's Talking About Jamie in the West End. Leighton has been working as a performer since he was 12 years old. He played Billy Elliot in the West End and appeared in the TV series Beautiful People alongside Olivia Coleman and Bad Education. As well as performing eight shows a week, Leighton has his own dance academy and he works with the charity Stonewall on LGBTQ education and inclusion. We had a chat in his dressing room at the Apollo Theatre just a few days after he'd presented an Olivier Award at the Royal Albert Hall. Here's our conversation. Let's begin. Leighton Williams, welcome to Backstage With. Hi, thank you for having me. Can I just say, first of all, this is one of the nicest dressing rooms I've ever been in. Really? Yeah. What a compliment, thank you. You've got the lighting down, the the smell. Everything, do you know, because I thought this was videoed. I have been tidying up for the past half an hour, making sure everything's real cute and... Do you know, we'll take some pictures in that yard. Yeah, know. we'll do some pictures yeah. in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I do like it to be a little bit of a home from home because I spend a lot of time here, so it's nice to feel comfortable. Sure, sure. I was in last night. Oh. To say you were at the Olivier's on Sunday, like you haven't had a day off for, this must be like day nine yeah. now. Like you could not tell. I'm so glad because I felt a bit shooky last night. You know, I, I can't party. I can't go crazy because no. everyone at the Olivier's knows you've got a show the next day. Do you know what I mean? So you have to keep it cute. But it was like mid-war in my head. I was like, I am tired, girl. I was like, whoa, this is a this is a reach. Do you know what I mean? But you pull through and your body is, you know, it's my body's so used to doing it now. But yet last night was the first time I felt actually tired. It was a long day. The Olivier's is long, but it was worth it. Yeah. I mean, that didn't come across at all. Like, Good, I'm glad And to when hear. you're high kicking, like, <laughs> yeah, good lord, you. you can reach far. <laughs> oh, thank you. Is it true that you had the, your eye on this part for a little while before you arrived here? Very true. I mean, I auditioned for this originally, like, before, so, like... Are we talking workshops or just Workshops, because it went to workshops, it went to Sheffield, and then it came here, so I was you know, in the the first ever auditions for the show. And I'd worked with Dan before, Dan Justice Ells, who did the music on a show called Beautiful People when I was a kid. So I kind of like, they were very aware of me. And listen, it was just, it just wasn't my time. The funny thing is, <laughs> there was always this cringiest conversation. I remember telling, so John is my oldest friend since we were like 12, 13 no years way. old. We went to school together. And as is our mutual friend, Jordan, who was in this cast too, and it's our third job together also, which is weird. And we were on a train on our way to a party. And we must have been like, what, 16, 17, you know, just whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, this audition's come up. Maybe even younger, I can't remember. I was like, oh, I think I'm gonna kill it. Like, sounds like such a, you know, it's very me, you know, it's me. And he was like, what's it for? So it's called Everybody's Talking About Jamie. He was like, oh, I've got that too. I was like, oh. <laughs> and then it was like, and the rest is history. You know, you all know what happened. John got the job, so it's it's just really funny how things happen. But like, it was always supposed to be my, you know, in my journey too. Apparently, because I'm here now, and this was the right time for me. If I would have tried to do it before, I don't think it would have been would have been cute. And I've got to, you know, 
all these other bits under my belt now so it's cute absolutely <laughs> and you bring something completely fresh and very different to john thank you when you approached it in rehearsals how hard was it to separate what you'd seen him do mm-hmm. to what you were going to do well from knowing that i had the part i'd only seen him do it once i'd seen him twice before just as a friend and then i didn't know i was doing it so i wasn't looking at the part being like oh this is what oh he's doing that or what would i do i do remember the second time i watched it in, and this first time I saw it in the West End thinking, oh my God, like that, that's major. And I did have a slight thought of being like, could I do that? You know, when you ask yourself, I was like, could I do that? And somebody literally planted the seed in the bar the, that night. I could, we went to the, for a drink, celebration, whatever. And someone was like, oh my, it was actually um, ZZ Strelin, of course. Clang. <laughs> Clang. <laughs> my girl ZZ, she was like, babe, like, my God, you'd be so good. And I was like, oh, stop it. And no joke, like the next day, because I was always supposed to be doing another job, but I, I sent an email to my agents and I just said, listen, I know I've already got this job, so I can't do it, but say if John was to leave in however many months or whatever, when is it gonna happen? They're gonna be looking for a new Jamie and I think I could be cute, okay? And the title of the email was, just putting this out there in the universe, okay? I still got the email, I look at it now, and I'm like, I can't believe this happened. Anyway, the next day, I get a call from John saying that JB, Jonathan Butterfield, wanted to call me um, to have a chat about something. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, what What do you want to chat about? And he was like, what do you think? And I was like, oh my God. And then the craziest thing is I called my agent and they hadn't even reached out yet. So that just happened this never happens does it like at all that just happened naturally so i was thinking it they were thinking it and then we had to jump through a thousand hoops because of other things and other work and commitments but i just knew that this was clearly supposed to be my destiny now and this was meant to happen and clearly they thought it too do you know what i mean i was like do you want to come and read for the part in a couple of months i said we need to read for the part this weekend because i got stuff going on and next thing you know I got Jamie like that, like after one little meeting. It was wild. So there was no process. It literally just happened. It just, it was meant to be. Yeah. And how, how long ago was that before you actually started? I want to say maybe like April 2018. Oh, yeah, man. around about that time. I remember exactly where I was. I was in a cab. I was performing in Hespray. I was in Liverpool. Yeah. And I remember ringing my mum and be like, oh my God, this, this conversation I've just had, like, what am I going to do? And it was crazy. So it was a done deal all that time ago? Pretty much, yeah. And I've been sitting on it for a long, long time. Did you, did you tell anyone, apart from your mum, did you tell anyone? No, no, it was like, I mean, whispers got out and it was kind of, I mean, it was spilled. The tea was spilled on like some kind of like blog, like, oh my God, whisp- backstage whispers or something like that. Like, I think some people in the cast before were very aware of it you see me in these streets running through coming into the theater coming out the theater they knew they knew what's good i was coming for a crown and (laughs) i guess yeah the whispers started to happen as as per we love a bit of goss don't we absolutely (laughs) i mean that must have been really nice to know that you had something next because not a lot of people get that in this industry. Yeah, well, next, but I did have to wait a whole lot of, load of months. I had, what, April, May, June, July, August, September, November, December, like, months. That's why I took myself away to LA, just to kind of fish out that for a little while. 
I did my dance workshops, went on tour and did like another dance tour, Pros on the shows, Dance with Layton, plug. I can keep myself busy, but it's always nice to know that, yeah, you're going to be a leading man in the West End. <laughs> when it came to actually having your put-ins and, and coming in, mm. did they, have they updated some of the choreography? Yeah. So I kind of like jumped away from your question earlier. So oh no, it's no, fine, it's fine. I like to mumble and just, just chat. I mean, it was so. a great story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, with the show and putting it together and from it being different from John, like you asked earlier, like when we got into rehearsals, it was very clear that this is our version of Jamie. Like, I know some shows, you know, you have to stand on that number, you have to do that, and you have to do it exactly like the person before, but this was not going to be the process, and I was so thankful. Because prior to this, the past three or so jobs that I'd done, Kiss Me Kate, Hairspray, and Ren, they were iconic shows, but all brand new creative teams. So I was then very aware that I was coming into a creative team that had already, it's already been done. Do you know what I mean? It's in the West End, you've had your Olivier noms, the show's fine. So how much more can I bring to this? That was quite worrying. Because obviously, everyone's like, John's amazing, and he's amazing. I was like, what am I going to do? And I just kept saying to myself, listen, do your thing. So direction, vocals, everything. We just have a new, like some of the songs are a little bit different. One of them especially. Choreography, yes, I'm a dancer. You know what I mean? Not saying John wasn't. (laughs) Love you, John. But like... Different people I, have different a, strengths. Yeah, my I can turn it out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's not posted. I just I just can't. Oh my god, it sounds really cocky when you just say it, doesn't no, it? No, but it's true. I it's love fine. to twirl. I love to give you a leg. I will give you a one, two, three, four, five, six. Like I'll give you an eight count, right? So obviously for me, when it comes to the choreography, I feel like that can just. And that's me relaxing. I'm like, can I do this? You should have seen the first previews. I was back flipping. I did a free cartwheel. <laughs> end of work of art was like a whole suicide drop is that the one that's changed the most yeah because basically i kept trying new things and going well, let's try this and try that and they were like too much it's too much we've got to remember jamie's just a 16 year old boy that has learned these steps in his bedroom he's not you know a well-trained dancer like my 24 year old self <laughs> you know but certain elements i said i could do the six it scene yes i was trained and i'd been billy Elliot or whatever but still i could i would have been able to turn some of this out so work of art these little bits and I just throw a little bits in here and there. I can't tell you exactly what because, no shade, I didn't take that much notice of the show before. I just watched it as an audience member. But from the people that have seen both, they say it's it's completely different from where we stand, from where we move, from how we do. And I think that's the best way to keep a show fresh. Completely agree. It felt like a completely different show. Yay. We talked about work of art there, but... Is there a certain bit that you really look forward to every night where you can let go and you're just having fun? Or mm, or is there a bit, like a darker short. bit in Act 2 where you're like, yes, meaty? Mm, do you know what? I love, I do love the opening number. Like, don't even know, it's just... Because I just sit there reading my magazine, I do nothing, and then that is the first thing I really do. And having that light just beaming down at you... It's, some, it's in a dreamy world anyway, and you have everyone shouting your name. It's your birthday. I'm just like, this is my life. Like, it's crazy. I genuinely am just, that's a pinch me moment every single night. When I'm up on the tables, etc., etc. That's one of my faves, because I also get to just have a bop and just be silly. And I think the finale, you know, it's the same it's vibe. It's a good song as well, oh, isn't it? Oh my God, I love singing that song. I love it, yeah. Don't even know it's a bit harder to sing, so you can't go as cray, but yeah, and then the rest of it, you just, everyone's just like, hey, ow, oh, we're just dancing. 
to pick particular things, but weekly it changes. One of my favourite songs to sing, actually, is um, Spotlight Reprise. It always gets to me, in my heart. It's such a good bit, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's magical. I love it. You've been doing this more than half your life now, I guess. Oh, my God. But you thought st- about it like that, yeah. How old were you? Were you 12 when you started? Yeah, half my life. <sighs> wow. Tell me the story of how you first started. Like, was it the Billy Elliot auditions? It was the Billy Elliot auditions. It's, honestly, my story is so close to Billy Elliot's it's wild like you know northern boy can't stay you know we didn't know what i didn't know what the west end was when i was auditioning for billy Elliot. i didn't even know where london was like we we didn't live that kind of life you know we'd be you know haven holidays we didn't live that kind of lifestyle so me just moving to london to do billy after an open audition in manchester on just the off chance is that i've been dancing and acting for a couple of months a few months and i clearly we had a, a thing for it i was you know I loved it. I could do groove. I could belt a little tune. So it's just like, let's just go for it. So my mum saw it in the newspaper. Like, and just one thing led to the other. We went to the Billy School, ended up moving to London. And fun fact, actually, at one point they were auditioning for Michael and I was supposed to be Michael and not Billy. And then they switched me over to be Billy. So I was like, obviously, I was thrilled about that. <laughs> I was like, what, me? Yeah. And I ended up playing Michael as well because they were they were ill. So that was also fun. Had you been rehearsed for that, or did you? No, just have it's, to do it was it? a very Catherine Tate moment. Just like I can do that. It was literally <laughs> like they were all panicking, and I said, "Guys, I got this." I said, I- "I'm always on stage with. It. I know all these lines." How old are you? I was like 12, 13 years old. <laughs> I did it like three, four times. It was so much fun, and obviously, I could be a queen because Billy Elliot's not queen, and I was in my element. I think I preferred it. But after doing it, I was like, you know, this is a bit less work. In fact, a lot less work. And I just get to be fab. I loved it. So, yeah, I got to do it a few times. Saving the day, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, off the back of that, you did Beautiful People, which mm-hmm. I loved. And that was almost an in-between, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Like a half Billy, half real yeah. Leighton. I put a lot of myself into it because I'd never done TV acting before. And the other stuff that I'd done before was Billy Elliot. But I guess a lot of my teenage angst and frustration listen as actors you put your you have to put yourself into the role otherwise where you relate in anything from but beautiful people was just oh billy elliot actually let me leave for like six or seven weeks to do the filming and to come back because they they understood how much of an opportunity it was going to be for me and thank goodness they did and yeah i just had a ball i didn't really know what i was getting myself into i remember being on set and thinking wait how do you do this you don't look down the camera right and they were like no don't look in the camera do your scenes and just go. I mean, Olivia Coleman, like, come on. Right. Like, she taught me how to knit. Like, we were... Ugh. I've not actually seen her since, I don't think. Like, I've not seen her in years. She's obviously a Hollywood superstar now. But it's just crazy to be like, I worked with all of these people. Yeah. I loved it. It was so much fun. I love that she taught you to knit. I know. That's, that's amazing. Everyone was knitting and I was like, let me get in on this. But like, in between takes, we'd literally just take our stuff under and I knit scarf. It's the last thing I knitted because it was, you know boring but why not why not whilst everyone else is doing it you feel like you're left out <laughs> it's a skill of course after billy and then after was it series one did you have to go back to school in Berry? yeah so that was the hard point so after i did beautiful people and they did thrill alive i got let go through alive because my voice was breaking i had to go back home back to normal life no more theater school no more West End, no more TV gigs. It was literally like back down to reality. And I'd done a year at state school before, so I was, you know, I knew what was good. But after having this life in London, you're feeling fab. It was really 
difficult. I, I kind of, I got by. I don't think people at school would have realised how much difficulty I was going through. But I would, like, just be so sad. Like, I missed my friends. I basically went back in the closet. How did you handle that? Did you have to come out? I didn't really. I was so pushed out by being on TV, being out, being gay, and just being proud of it. And never really was a, oh, by the way, didn't wasn't really conversations. It just happened. But then... I was very much so back in the closet when I went back to the state school. And that was, I'd say, 2008, nine. Wikipedia this. <laughs> That's what I have to do. I genuinely have to have my Wikipedia up when I have interviews sometimes. How embarrassing. But the thing that saved me was Beautiful People season two because it got recommissioned. We came back. I was like, okay, we're going to go. When I go back to London to film this, I am not coming back. I was like, this is my ticket back to London. And I went to meet into Italia Conti. They gave me a scholarship. I moved in with these lovely ladies here, Marie and Val, two 50-year-old lesbians I moved in with when I was 14 years old. Oh, my God. I still live with them now. We're like a... Do you actually? Yeah, a little modern, happy family. <laughs> she helped me kit, kit this place out, Maria. Loads of these little bits from her. Like, it's just... It just was perfect. Like, without them two, I genuinely wouldn't be here now. So they saved me. Italia Conti saved me. Beautiful People saved me. And then I've just been working hard since to to not have to compromise or do something that I don't want to do anymore. Or go back up to... Yeah. It does feel like a world away up there. It is. Now I'll go back and have a good time, but I wasn't dancing. I wasn't singing. We had no money. Like, I wasn't... We'd rinsed all of my coins. So I was literally doing nothing after doing so much. It was a soul-destroying. All I wanted to do was perform. It's great. Even at that young age, that I knew that I that's what I wanted to do. But I'm glad it happened to me because it kind of, you know, I'm a real bitch now. <laughs> Am I allowed to say bitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bitch. Like, <laughs> you can say whatever you want. It's fine. <laughs> you had that spotlight on you from Billy Elliot and then Beautiful People. But then even drama school was filmed for you. Was that the whole time you were there? Yeah, so my most normal school years were at Italia Conti, 2010 and 11. I can remember the dates because it's in year 10. It was 2010 and year 11 is year 11. I don't even know it's that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is think, it still? I, I um, think so. I mean, I'm older than you. Uh, you don't awful, look it. Thanks. <laughs> That's really kind um, of you. You're welcome. <laughs> so I basically, I was going to school, but School for Stars was a thing then. And it's so cute. I t- kid you not, every night someone at stage door says, I've been following your career since School for Stars. Like, it's adorable. I know how many people appreciate that show. So... Yeah, the cameras were there. Like, I'd be in my math class, you know, trying to get my stuff together, trying to get my GCSEs in. You'd be, we'd be being filmed. Like, it was crazy. So as normal as can be at a theatre school where you were to do, you know, half a day of academics and the rest of the day you're running around in tights and tap shoes and stuff. It was, but it was the best thing. That's exactly what I wanted to do. You said your life up north was like Billy Elliot, but it sounds like Jamie's as well. Yeah, it's a good mixture of them all. And, you know, we can all, as a queer kid, being brought up in a straight world, we're all going to have similar experiences like that. So I'm sure lots of people can relate. Just until you can find your tribe, which is what I did when I came here. Found my best friends, kept, you know, that's the worst thing of it. Like, I'd already met John and Jordan, you know, my best friends now. See, even I miss my friends. Like, I'd FaceTime them every day, especially Jordan, just be like, all I want to do is come back to London. Like, it was, yeah, it was tough. But then as soon as I got back here, bam, I've not left. Apart from all the tours I've done. <laughs> so what was your first job after Conti? First thing I did after Conti was Matthew Bourne's Lord of the Flies. Went straight on tour with that. And then filmed the Bad Education movie in between. And then I did Matthew Bourne's Carman. But whilst I was at college, 
first year, second year, and third year was first season of bad education, second season, and third season. So I didn't have any summer holidays. I'd be at college, and then in my summer holidays, I'd film. I mean, that's the dream, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'd come back and be like, how was your time? I was like, you know, just really busy. Just filming, you know, on set. <laughs> <laughs> Very that. But like, I, like, I couldn't even go to my graduation or my prom or something because I was like filming. And it was like, oh, guys, I'll get the car after. I'll see what they have to party. Like, I, I was I was her boy. I organised the whole thing and I couldn't even go. This but you know, like turned Jamie up with the party. eyelashes. Yeah, like, that. Hi guys. <laughs> turned up, sorry I'm late. And actually, Jordan, who I mentioned a few times, who's in this cast now, I took him to my prom because I didn't have a date and he was my best friend. So I was like, whatever. And his car broke down. <laughs> we were, there's so many like dr- dramas that, oh, yeah. But school was fab, you know. I love the telecon so much. I'm forever thankful for them. They really, they saved me. You mentioned working with Matthew Bourne, who was celebrated at this year's Olivier's. I was literally there to witness that as well. It was perfect. I mean, Stephen Daldry got an Olivier Award. He's my first ever director. Matthew Bourne. It was beautiful. All well-deserved. So proud to even have been a tiny piece of, you know, these incredible people's stories. And it was just nice to be with the New Adventures family and just be like, you know, I miss you guys, but I'm so proud of them all. And my bestie, Liam Moa, who's like one of the principal dancers for them. We've known each other since Billy, so it's just, it's all kind of full circle. And then here's me, rocking looks, honey, giving out awards, being a part of it all. I was like, who do I think I am? (laughs) What was going through your mind when you're walking on stage at the Royal Albert Hall to give out an Olivier? I was just thinking, serve it. Just give it, give, give them what they want. Give the Royal Albert Hall a little, sh- little shimmy, you know, a little strut. And what you don't see, you only see the edited version, but Shane really, really tried it. He was giving it and he was chat, chat, chatting. And I was like, sis, you really not gonna let me have a moment here. So when I had my moment, I took it. And I think, yeah, it was just fun. And we were, yeah, we just had a, we had a good laugh. I was nervous. I can get up there in front of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people every night and perform and I, I don't really get nervous anymore apart from when I'm a little tired <laughs> but when you're just being yourself handing out things it's a little bit nerve-wracking but the more I do it, actually the more I get more comfortable so bring on the next was there an auto cue for you to read no that's why I was annoyed because I kept saying to Shane let's rehearse something and it was like oh we'll fluke it and by his fluke it means he'll just start chatting a load of you know he can what. do that yeah and so can I, let me tell you. But if you don't tell me and you catch me off guard, I'm going to have to read. And I'll read you in front of the Royal Albert Hall, which I did. <laughs> I bet the Duchess of Cornwall loved it. She loved. We talked about some of the tours you've done, like Rent and Hairspray. What was special to you about roles like Angel and Seaweed? I mean, both in very different ways. It was amazing to play Seaweed because, you know, we talked about a whole different struggle. You know, never done a show that has been, can really move people like, they don't think they're going to see Hairspray and then it's fun. It's They think, oh, fun, Hairspray. But then when you actually see the show, we're really taking you through it. You know, I know where I've been, such an emotional song. And from the get-go in rehearsals when, you know, we just say Negro this and that. And it was quite, I was like, oh my God, this is... You know, this we're touching on some subjects here and we can really be opening people's minds and hearts. The week that we opened, like the KKK and white supremacists were running around America, you know, all that time that yeah. that happened. So when that was happening in the world, it was like, right, this show still needs to be happening. Just like right now when, you know, LGBT people aren't being allowed to talk about in the schools and, you know, come on, 
it's wild that these shows are still so relevant. Do you know what I mean? And obviously Angel having to die eight times a week. It was exhausting, but it was beautiful to tell that story and show how life was. And, you know, all them two shows were so important because they were based on, you know, real subjects and real experiences. So it was it was a pleasure. And it was nice to play such contrasting roles right after each other. Because all lots of people see is like, oh my God, it's been King of Boots and oh my God, it's the heels and this and that. And it's like, sis, we can switch it up. Do you know what I mean? And that was nice about Seaweed, just to let everybody know. Totally. We can do this. And Kiss Me Kate, actually. It was of fun. Course. Yeah. You mentioned the ongoing row about schools acknowledging to children that LGBTQ people exist. You spent time in schools talking to children. How do you feel about it? I went to... A meeting a couple of weeks ago with diversity role models. I've got another school visit happening with Stonewall. Like, I've been working with them since I was, like, 18. So I go into schools actively to do... Because I've been so busy recently, I've not been able to do it as much. But now that I'm in London, I've I told them that I need to... I need to do something. There's so much, you know, going to work and earning your money and, you know, getting yourself together and work, work, work for your career. But you have to take a moment to do something for others do something for the greater good do something for the you know lgbtq plus kids of tomorrow like they need our help because when you look online the media and the things that are going on especially in the trans community too it's just it's really heartbreaking just it's constant isn't it so it's always in the back of my mind and my heart so whatever i can do to kind of help i think is really important you know? And because you've been in and had those conversations, you must know better than most people how children actually react and what they think. How do they respond to you? They are so responsive and it's only, you know, unfortunately might be their parents if, if they're bigots and, you know, it's them. Children have open hearts and open minds. It's until they're told this is wrong and that's wrong that they start having wild thoughts. So... If we can get to them and we can show them, you know, that people like me, we're fine, we're doing our thing and we can be happy and proud and prosperous and live our gorgeous lives, then it's all going to be okay. And this is exactly what this show, you know, kind of does too. So it's kind of win-win in life and on stage. My last question is, who are your inspirations? My inspirations are maybe the people that surround me like my friends and my family not so much as like famous people you know it's not like oh this star or that star like my mom my nan like my mum's just got back to work after 20 years of not being in a job so that's amazing my nan is just and my granddad my friends and my family are the people that you know inspire me to keep going support me i support them and yeah that's that's my kind of vibe well, thank you very much for your time. My pleasure. Thank and you so much. And for tidying your dressing room. No worries. I, At least it's tidy now. I really appreciate it. <laughs> no worries. Thank you. Peace out. Everybody's Talking About Jamie is currently booking in the West End until January 2020. Next time on the podcast, we're going backstage with the Olivier Award winner Matt Henry, who's about to star in One Night in Miami at Nottingham Playhouse. If you don't want to miss that, then subscribe to Backstage With wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'd love it if you could leave a rating and a review. Thanks for listening. Listener.